When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, Kinsey Schofield here, and I'm talking to Hollywood Raw about all things royal. Did Catherine and Meghan hate each other? Did William and Catherine watch Suits? What's inside Spare? Find out. Listen now. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patches. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood, from celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From Page Six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. I'm Dax Holt. Over there is Adam Glenn. How are you, my friend? I am good. I am good. Buried. In all this Royals Prince Harry news. <laughs> it's like nonstop. Every day I turn on the news. I go to a website. I feel like all we see is Prince Harry, Meghan stories, Royal stories, how they're all the, the family's falling apart, like all kinds of crap. And so, of course, you know, with his book coming out, well, technically yesterday, even though we're filming this podcast before um, we thought. Why don't we get someone on that really knows a lot about the Royals? And so we got Kinsey Schofield on, who is a Royal expert who has been covering them top to bottom. I mean, I feel like also every time I turn on the news, she's on there talking about it. So I figured let's get her on. She's from the the podcast to die for daily. So we are going to talk to her all about Prince Harry, everything there is about Megan, about the Royal family, about will there be some kind of reconciliation? Um, I feel like I have a lot to talk to her about. What about you? Yeah, I just, you know more about the Royals than I do. And it's still kind of hard. I'm so used to celebrity. I'm a black belt in celebrity publicist entertainment news. Doing with Mm -hmm. the Royals, it's just a whole different way of like, I have to change my mindset when approaching it. It's just so interesting and weird. So I'm trying to understand a little bit more. Um, Well, well, Kinsey's been, she is been very poignant about her her opinions on Harry and Meghan and I feel that I love Harry and Meghan but I want to talk to her about all of it because I also feel like I I want to know all sides how about that yeah but I really I love Meghan and Harry I really and I feel like they get a bad rap I feel like there's so much negative publicity around them I feel like it's almost become cool to not like them if that sounds truthful but I don't know I feel like they they got a, a bum rap and now they're trying to like make up for whatever. I, I'm not going to throw my opinion in here. Let's just talk, you know, stats and, and, and facts and all that kind of stuff. But I really do. I don't know. I like them a lot. Anyway, uh, let's get to a couple reviews before we jump in with Kinsey. I know she's on hold waiting to, to chat about all of this stuff with her. So, um, all right. I got one here. Let's do this one. And thank you to everyone who is leaving us reviews. Really do appreciate it. This one comes from a window Silva five stars. Get it. Love listening to you guys giving me the rundown and all things celebs. Keep it up. 
well, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, that's what we try to do. Do we, should we do two or three? Let's do two, two today. Two. I'm going to do two. Two works for me. Uh, this one comes from Liz Alman. Five stars. Great request. Amazing podcast. Currently making my way through all of them. I think a cool interview would be the Hot Ones host. Let's say, I say, let's try it to make it happen. Well, that's a good one. I like that guy. What's his name again? Sean something. Sean, I think. Sean. Yeah. It'd be fun. He's just, I, I always like people who interviewed other people and I want their perspective or take or who's cool, who's not. So, yes, like for honestly, for example, I love talking to, well, <laughs> one of my favorite interviews, like guy to interview, which is no longer happening, was Matt Lauer. And it was because, mm. you know, we've heard so many people's stories where we never heard his story as far as his experience yeah. interviewing people. So I actually always just enjoy talking to him. So Sean is from Hot Ones is one of those guys who might have some experience and I'd be curious. Let's curious. have him on and let's eat like sugary stuff. Yeah, I can't handle spice. <laughs> I can't handle hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we like, all right, you go. Eat that seas Ooh. candy. Tell us all about it. Can you answer the Ooh, questions so while you sweet. eat it? Uh <laughs> 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 All right, let's get into our guest today, Kinsey Schofield, uh, who we've been a guest on her podcast and got quoted all around the world from some of the stuff that we said there. She is a royal expert. She knows all things royal news, and she's the host of the To Die For Daily uh, podcast. And by die, I mean D-I, as in like Princess Diana. So To Die For Daily. Uh, Kinsey, welcome to Hollywood Raw. So you must not be sleeping. Are calls coming from everywhere for you right now? Because everything that's going on with the book and the royals, like what is life for you right now? Um, life for me is Red Bull and Monster Energy drinks <laughs> and knowing way more about Prince Harry's penis than I ever wanted to. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Knowing when it's been fraught spitting, when it's been healthy, all of the things. All the things. I know all of the things. I know that uh, he, he mounted a woman like a stallion. Uh, I mean, oh, good Lord, I've got details. So, okay. So I know. So, Kinsey, you are a royal expert. But there has been so much royal news over the last, I don't know, four, five, six months. Maybe you could even say last two years. Things that no one thought they would ever know about the royals. Do you feel that Prince Harry is starting to ruin the legacy of the royals? Or this is amazing to get this kind of detail into the royal lives? Oh, my gosh. You've asked me such a naughty question because I should tell you that this is very I, I should tell you that Harry is a liability to the royal family. But, you know, 10 years from now, we are going to be like, and then he did this and then he did this and we're going to just eat it all up. So, I mean, historically, he is giving us a lot of interesting content. But Dax, behind the scenes, we did know that people that worked within the royal family planted stories. I mean, it's always been like that. Um, he specifically last night, or he specifically with uh, Anderson Cooper accuses Camilla of leaking stories about him and Megan to elevate her status. Um, and while I haven't heard that specifically, I do know that Camilla did that on the regular, when Diana was alive, she specifically made uh, relationships with media um, to to leak stories about Diana. So, I mean, it's been around forever. It's always been like this. Harry's mm -hmm. just the first one that's coming out and kind of saying, um, I guess he's just the first one kind of telling the world because it was really only known in, in the royal watching community. Yes, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. I love the royals. I, I love just the whole storyline behind all of it, honestly. But I really, I still feel for Meghan and Harry. I feel like 
they kind of got a bad end. And I know that you feel very differently, but I do feel I feel for them. And like I got to imagine that if you are constantly beat down by the media and by your family for so long, there's going to be a point where it's like your breaking point. And you're like, and it, and I don't know if he, you know, he's thinking had like, oh, well, everything I'm saying is ruining them. But I think he's saying this is my truth and I want to get it out. And I'm, I'm tired of like being bashed. That's kind of how I look at a, a lot of it. Look, and you're you're embarrassed while you say that, Dex. I can see. <laughs> but can I just say, like, I, I get what I agree with you, Harry. Speak your truth, tell your story. But it's not your place to tell me that Prince William is circumcised. I mean, that's really. I mean, that's not your place. Or when he talks about Prince William, he finds out that Prince William actually went through that same tunnel Diana died in because at the same speed because he wanted to to know what her last moments were like to tell us that William did not want Charles to marry Camilla. These are very intimate details that I really don't think are his place to tell. Tell your story because it's not like we've been able to shut him up over the last two years. Tell it, but. It, don't you think it's unfair for him to talk for his brother, who we all know is not in a position to talk for himself? So well, well, let I me would ask say, you. OK, sorry, Adam, you go. Cause I, I feel like I keep going here. But yeah, Adam, no, I, I, I'm just very curious, Kinsey. Like and this is a very difficult question to answer because I don't really know the media, how I haven't covered the British tabloids or British news media and how they're covering Harry and William. But has there been any conversation or any stories? And this is a very weird or tough question. I don't know how people are going to respond to me. And it's just only because of so many stories are coming out. But has anybody ruled out that possibly Harry has some sort of Asperger's or some sort? I mean, we know he has like mental issues, but like, I mean, mental issues where we all have mental issues. But, you know, have they ruled anything? Yeah. Have they ruled anything like that out? And I only ask it because there's been... It's just so chaos, like chaos, where I don't know if it's us turning the volume up on this drama or if there's maybe something that it's just, unfortunately, he was kind of working with or born with. Well, we don't know of anything specifically. That's a great question. We don't know of anything specifically, but there are people coming out right now because of these this ITV and CBS interview that are saying that we could potentially be witnessing a mental breakdown or a nervous breakdown. And that I almost said, well, you know, if that's really the case and this is not vengeance and this is not revenge or cruelty, then there absolutely is a, an open door for reconciliation because how do you not sympathize with that? How do you not want to embrace that person and love on them and, and help them get better? Um, I, I'm not an expert in the field, so obviously I can't say that it's a mental be- breakdown or, or anything of the sort, but there are people saying that. And another question I'm hearing a lot over in the UK or outside of our country is who's surrounding him? Who are, who's counseling him? Because is it really a smart idea to talk about how many people you murdered while you were at war? I mean, are, is it really a smart idea when you're so concerned about safety to challenge the Taliban? And so uh, people are asking questions like the one you just asked. It's not cruel to, to be curious about that. People are wondering who is around him. Why are they telling him some of these stories are a good idea to share? Um, and then alternatively, you have people say he's just putting it all out there so nobody can hang anything over his head ever again. That's kind yeah. of how I feel. And I and I also go going back to your question before about like, what's the point of revealing this information? I guess in my mind, I'm like, I give him like credit for him being the one to reveal it rather than hide behind a, oh, the, you know, leaking out a, that story to the press and not putting his name on it. Like he's putting his name on everything and saying, look, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the story. I'm not gonna leak it out through a third party. I'm gonna tell you the story so that no one else can, you know, throw me under the bus anymore. Because I bet there's a lot of stories that can go out about the royal family still moving forward that would be very damaging to them, you know, that the world doesn't know about yet. But keep in mind that this is a new development for Harry because Meghan and Harry were leaking stories. I mean, they were very savvy. The second that they realized what was going on, they just started doing the same thing. They also leaked stories through their friends, which we now know were were Omid Scobie. We found that out through a court case. They denied having anything to do with the book Finding Freedom. And through a different court case, um, I believe it was with the Daily Mail, they had to admit that they did participate in the book Finding Freedom. So they were also guilty of it. This is a new development, Dax. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So, so for people that don't know, Prince Harry's got a book coming out. I mean, you got to be living under a rock to not know right? the despair. Uh, technically, we are taping this on Monday. It drops Tuesday. This episode comes out Wednesday. What are you expecting from this book? Uh, I, I think all of the biggest revelations are already out now. Um, I think that we're going to get our fill of Harry information. Um, but I do think that it's ultimately going to hurt his relationship with the family, but it's going to increase his celebrity in the celebrity in the United States. So is he doing this though to become a celebrity? Is he doing this to raise his like his name develop his own as like almost character or is he doing this for financial reasons? I think he's doing it for financial reasons, and I think he wants to set the record straight. He feels like there's been a negative narrative that he, I mean, okay, here's my issue, guys. He talks in the book about this physical fight he has with Prince William, where William says to him, your wife is rude. Uh, your wife doesn't get along with anybody, and she's abrasive. Harry doesn't agree with him. William pushes him into a dog bowl. He falls to the ground, hits a dog bowl. In the process, is he breaks his necklace. This, these are details Harry gives us. But to me, I think if I hear that Her- uh, William is that passionate that they are physically fighting about the topic, which of course nobody's going to defend physical violence, but if you're that passionate, don't you believe what you're saying? Don't you believe that maybe Megan was a bully to your staff? I mean, and I'm not saying she was or she wasn't. I'm just saying I think that William believed what he was saying, believed the argument. And instead of putting that out there, why don't you just try to diffuse this idea that Megan is a bully? They said that they replied to Megan's bully investigation with a 25 page document refuting the charges. Show us. I mean, that, that ends the conversation right there. Um, but I think his ultimate goal is to support his family and he wants to clear the air. 
But if, if they did a big investigation and that was it, why wouldn't the palace put something out? I think that's the big thing that comes back to Meghan and Harry is they're like, why do you defend everyone else in the family except for us? Because and I think what that's if their it's negative? What if it's negative, Dax, and they don't want to continue with this 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 conversation? What if they're just trying to shut it down because the investigation did prove? Because I'm telling you, I do have people, I do know people that work for the palace that told me she was not kind. I, and I'm saying there may have been numerous days that she was not the kindest person. I get that. Everyone has their own issues, right? I get it. And I think it's a weird life to be living in because, like you said, this is a family. But at the end of the day, it's not really a family. <laughs> this is a corporation. This is a, a business that they are all working to make sure that they are still well-loved in the country. Um, okay, moving moving forward, being a, like a, a royal expert – you know what I'm saying? Has their team ever reached out to you? Has anyone from the palace reached out to you? I'm just curious if how how far their their story powers extend. Um, I don't think that anyone from their team has reached out to me unless it's under the guise of some of the anonymous messages I get. I mm-hmm. do get DMs from people that have no profile picture that will send me in a direction. And when I when I follow the, the cookie crumbs, I do find the answer. Um, but I've never had somebody and you know it's hard to to be like no never because i do send the the palace christmas cards and they send me christmas cards back and i'm always posting them like look will and Kay send me a holiday card you get christmas cards that's yeah. awesome <laughs> <laughs> so i can't be like i never communicate with them um but i i do get little bits and pieces from people and you know to be honest one of my best sources is actually a, a hair guy somebody that does a hair does hair for a mutual friend um so yeah i I don't think i've ever heard from the palace specifically but i do get anonymous messages from people no profile picture 17 numbers after the screen name and if i follow the cookie crumbs i typically find some pretty good some pretty good tea so let me i I just want to paint a picture because i'm trying to understand like how it works because i'm used to celebrity publicist media with the royals, they have their own institution. So is it like they pretty much that institution? Is it like publicists where they reach out and say, hey, we want to control the narrative or, hey, we have a story for you guys about the royals or we have a story about how is that how it works generally? There's a communications team. I would say that they would consider themselves less PR and more crisis management. So, for instance, as the lead up to Harry's book came out, they created a war room where they put on a wall every potential damaging story that Harry could release. And the William fight was on that wall on that wall. Um, so they really consider themselves more a crisis management group. But if Catherine is going to visit a school to learn about underprivileged children and how the community's coping, uh, yes, there will be a press release sent out to the media. But I think they spend most of their time dodging grenades versus, you know, cultivating this this image. Is it? See, I, they keep, you know, I saw the interview with Harry and he keeps saying, you know, it's the British media. It's the British media. Now, again, I, I've never been out there. I've never really read their outlets besides the Daily Mail. You've read Compa- the Sun before. Don't lie. We've been in the Sun like 900 oh, times. Oh, that's true. I was going to say, that's they true. know who you are. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. No, I've read, I've read the Sun. But is it that divided? Com- like, because compared to like Harry doing uh, US news outlets, which is also a little bit divided, is it. Are they is the those outlets just so 
left or right are really just trying to find a hard angle to be almost clickbaity? Uh, let me give you an example from this weekend. Harry tells ITV that there is no royal racist, and they never said that. But Harry tells Anderson Cooper, I think that there was... Um, there were stereotypes that made my family judge my wife. It was that she was a divorced actress. It was that she was an American and that she was black biracial. So you've just said within a matter of hours, there's no royal racist. But then you tell your American audience um, that there was race, you know, racism is why people didn't get along with your wife. And I think that that was Harry catering to two different audiences. He knew that there's no way that the UK audience would digest a similar comment. So he was like, no, no, we never said that. But America really, I mean, racism is really on our radar. So he knows that we'll be able to digest it better. He knows that uh, it will make us fiercely protective of them. And so he is comfortable making that comment to the American audience, but not the UK audience. I, the UK audience, um, or I should say that the media in, in Britain, I, they are tough. They're very tough, but they're tough on every member of the royal family. And I mean, they're even tough on me. I, I was, I wrote that I felt like Harry's book, and I was clearly wrong, guys. But I wrote that Harry's book was going to be more to position him as a thought leader, so that he could speak on the same stages as Barack Obama or Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I really thought that he wanted to, you know, make a quick buck talking to stuffy suits. And so I was like, no, 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 this book is not going to be a tell-all. It's going to brand him as this thought leader. But the, I'm on the, a specific station there. I mean, they did like a five minute segment where they just railed on me. And I'm like, yo, I'm on your station. Like <laughs> they pretended like they didn't know who I was. And I was just such an idiot for saying this. So it, it's no, nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. It, if it's good TV, if it's clickbait, you're, you know, you're in, you're in the crossfire. How much do the Royals care about what is being said in the press? Like, because like, when you are that famous and that covered, you know that a lot of it's going to be just crap out there, clickbait, like you said. So are they picking up the magazines? Are they reading through the blogs? Or are they just kind of like seeing what other people tell them? They, I mean, every paper is displayed on the table for them every morning when they get up and they do comb through it. Um, one of my favorite stories is after Fergie got caught, you know, with her toes in a guy's mouth. She was on holiday with the family and they had every paper spread out for her when she came down the stairs for breakfast. And they were like, look at this, get out. I mean, I mean, you need to pack your things and leave. Um, so the, the newspaper, it, the newspapers there are very important to them because ultimately they feel like bad press can lead to the end of the monarchy. So they do need positive press. They need a positive response to their existence. And obviously this is a difficult time for them. I'm just trying to like paint. I don't, I, I, I just want to see what it's like, or, you know, if you actually have any intel of what it's like for when the Royals actually, when the cameras aren't there, the presence isn't there, they're in a room together. I'm curious how they talk to each other. Are they sitting there talking very properly to each other or are they talking, you know, they're not your average family, but they're like, what are you doing? Like fighting, like what is the conversations internally with the family? Well, I think 
Harry gives us great insight to that when he talks about that fight between William at the at the very end of his book. He also discusses a, a private conversation that happens between himself, his brother and Prince Charles, now King Charles. Um, but it happened after Prince Philip's funeral. And, uh, you know, Charles continuously calls Harry darling boy. I mean, he's almost 40 years old and he's calling him darling boy. I think that's a little different communications wise than America communicates. Um, and then, I, I mean, obviously the most down to earth is probably Harry and William in private. But for the most part, I do think that they're kind of stuffy and um, their communication is odd and not similar to ours. And, and not, uh, I mean, I think Harry is much more touchy feely. He's got the California energy, which which they just cannot relate to now. If I walked up to them, I was like, hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? Like, that's how I just talk to people. Would they be like offended by that? Or they'd be like, are you, are you kidding me? Would they ignore me? How would like how would they react to that? Because I'm sure, you know, when people come up, even with the queen, you're supposed to like bow a little bit. It was like, hey, how you doing? Would they just respond and like be taken back or be appalled by me like almost like disrespecting them. I think they're used to everyone out there. Yeah, I think so too. And you would have to be in a very specific situation. You would probably be waiting outside for them for hours. Um, and it would, the moment would be so brief, but honestly, your, your, your sincerity would probably be so refreshing. I don't think they'd be insulted by it, but it's certainly not the way they communicate with each other. Yeah. How do they actually move around the city? Like when they drop, when they leave the palace and they move around, is it like when, I mean, I've been in New York City when like the president's around and streets are closed down. It's the worst thing ever. But when they just want to go around to go something, how is it like when they actually get into a car and move around? Like what's the brigade like? Um, well, you know, when you're talking about when, when William and Catherine were in Boston, it was very similar to what you just described for the president. But they specifically recently moved to Windsor so that they can move around comfortably. In Windsor, they'll just get on a horse and carriage and drive around the, the town. Um, they'll ride around in their Range Rovers. They'll ride around in their bicycle. And there's actually a video that was recently released of, of William confronting uh, somebody with a camera because he was following him and the kids around on their bicycles. So they can move around comfortably if they are near their home. But if they come out to Boston or they come out to the States, they have a very presidential entourage. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Sure, but when they're but, near their home. When, I, oh, I'm sorry. Dad, yeah, when, like when, I'm just thinking like I've seen when the queen was around. I saw her out driving her Range Rover around. Are they all just literally driving through the streets of London just willy-nilly, just having a freedom. Yeah. Like that to me is so crazy to think that you are the most famous, one of the most famous people in the world, and you're just scooting through, stopping at red lights like the rest of us. Well, Dax, that's why I'm like, that's why I laugh out loud at at these ideas of these secret affairs that some of these people are accused of having. Because yes, you can jump in the Range Rover and you can run down to Topshop if you want to grab a blazer. But there are 
50 people that know where you're going, you're GPS and you have security guards hovering. There's no sneaking around, no, because so many people are alerted to where you are going and, and what your plans are second for second, um, but they are able to jump in the Range Rover and, and drive around. But yes, there are security guards that are in, within the car with them, behind them, following them around. Uh, the woman that, um, one of the, the housewives that had a little fling with Harry discussed making out with him and, and feeling his security guard watching and it getting weird. Um, so they're always there, they're always hovering. Is it, are they approachable when they're home? Like, can you go up to them and say hi or even get a photo with or a selfie? I don't think you would, I don't think that that's appropriate, but you, you can say hi to them, but I wouldn't ask them for a photo. Um, I, I do think that they are kind and courteous in the real world. I mean, especially if, if you're like a mom that also goes to the school that the kids go to, that your children go to school together, absolutely smile, say hi, you know, offer them a, a uh, yeah, let's go get coffee sometime. I mean, I'm sure that, that Kate would love that, but I, I would not be like, Hey, Oh my gosh, princess of Wales, let's get a selfie. Unless you're, unless they're at an official event and then they're happy to do that, which is new. They used to not take selfies and now they do. What, what is the general feel for Prince Harry at this point in London, like in the UK? What, how does the UK feel? Cause I feel like there's difference of opinions between the US and the UK. So I'm just curious what it's like over there. Polling numbers are at the worst they've ever been, according to the most recent YouGov poll. I don't, I haven't seen a new poll since he's done these back-to-back -back interviews or since the release of the book. So I'm sure that they're going to be updated numbers. But, you know, man on the street style interviews that some of the news outlets have done out there, people have been like, can you just stop talking? <laughs> or, well, well, you know, don't talk to your brother. Is this book going to be a big seller in the UK? Oh, it's going to be a big seller everywhere because we are morbid. Our morbid curiosity is out the roof. I absolutely think everybody's going to buy it. And it's like you said, he's going to give details into what it's like to be a member of the royal family that we've never heard before. Um, so, yeah, everybody's going to buy the book. Do you know if by any chance Meghan Markle had to sign an NDA when she married Harry? She did not. And she actually said that to the cut. She told the cut that she um, and they surprisingly kind of went after Harry's book on their Instagram and called some of the revelations unhinged. But uh, she told the cut that she did not sign an NDA and she could say whatever she wants. Harry documents in the book that Meghan journaled throughout her time in the royal family. And we do know that Meghan has a, a book deal, too. So I do. I'm, I fiercely believe that a book from Meghan is on the horizon. And maybe she'll mention Hollywood Raw since she listens to your podcast. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> we'll say did once. <laughs> well, you know, funny. Um, I want to ask. I want to ask you, Kinsey. Because you know so much of just details about the royal family for so many years, what are your thoughts on The Crown and the, the Netflix show? How accurate is it? Because it, they've always said that this is like, you know, based on actual events. It's not you're not watching necessarily reality. But I am curious how much of that show you feel like is actual. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is actual. Uh, you know, you can't deny the fact that Prince Charles cheated on Princess Diana with Camilla Parker Bowles, his friend's wife. Um, a lot of, I, I'd say genuinely, 
that the stories are sincere. It's the words where you need to watch yourself, um, mm -hmm. but they really don't sway too much from the truth. Um, and the way that they cast these people is incredible. The the Princess Dianas over the last few years, Elizabeth Debicki and Emma Corrin were so sweet and wonderful and charming and you really fell in love with them and felt like it was really Diana. So I'd say that if you watch it and say, I'm watching this for entertainment value, I know this is not a documentary, you're in a safe headspace, don't watch it and think you're watching a documentary. Just kind of know that it's loosely based on reality. I love The Crown. It's so good. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's a great show. I, I love the drama in there. But I think it does really paint the royal family as not a family, an institution, kind of like ha has been said a couple times in this podcast, because it is about the monarch and not about kind of anyone else's feelings. It's like whatever needs to be done for the institution as a whole to keep it moving forward, even if you're in love or you have something going on, like protect it at all costs. And if you're going to cheat, do it on the down low so you don't embarrass everyone. Right. Well, keep in mind too, it's crazy. I wish they would have gone back more because Prince Charles, now King Charles, his great, great grandfather had an affair with Camilla's great grandmother, Alice Keppel. So Camilla grew up this is real life. Camilla grew up on a fortune that was left to her family by Charles's great, great grandfather on his deathbed. He wanted Camilla's great grandmother there. And so like how crazy that full circle, the mistress actually becomes the queen consort. Alice Keppel, that was never a reality for Camilla's great grandmother. And here, here now, Camilla is the queen consort. It's wild. As well. I think Prince, when Princess Diana passed away, when she died, I think we all sort of remember where we were when we saw that happen, when we learned about it. You know, I, I think, can we all agree that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I um, don't remember. You don't? But I remember the stories. I remember the stories, but I'm like, I feel like I was pretty young at the time. I was young too, but I just remember like, I was. I, was. A fetus. <laughs> yeah. I actually remember I just, I think I was on a plane or I just got off a plane when I learned about she passed away. But I'm just curious with, the, with this story, right? Prince Harry's book, and because there's so many stories coming from this book, how does this whole story compare to or rank in the biggest royal stories in the last, you know, maybe 30, 40 years? Mm, well, I mean, he does. He's, he's following the Diana playbook, Adam. Diana secretly released a book with Andrew Morton. Diana sat down with Martin Bashir and Panorama and did that tell-all interview where she said she didn't feel like Charles was the right man for the job of king. And she thought that they should skip and go straight to William. So it does feel like Harry is following a playbook um, that his mother created. Yes, I'd say that Diana's death if we're looking at the last 25 to 30 years, I'd say Diana's death is still the number one story. And it, and because Diana already did some of these things that Harry's done, it's almost like, yes, these are this is a big deal right now, but it was a bigger deal when she did it because she was the first one to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think Harry leaving the royal, like exiting a as a you know, an active royal was a pretty massive story. I mean, that, that I think that ranks up there as um, Queen Elizabeth's uncle giving up the throne. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a huge story. That was just way before our time. Um, do you think do you think Charles and um, King Charles and Prince William will read this book? 
I don't. I think that somebody's going to give them highlights. Um, somebody's going to say, these are the most concerning stories and how should we respond? And during the war room debates about the book and about what could potentially be released, it said that William actually broke from protocol and said, I would really like to respond to this. And Charles and the team convinced William that a chess was not the right move, that if they continue to respond, it becomes a he said, she said, and the, it continues the conversation. And if they continue to be quiet and the never complain, never explain, if they can continue to be quiet, then it could stop the conversation. It could stop the bleeding, you know? Um, but there you go. Cause it's like, don't respond, but respond by leaking it out but that's that's, not that's that's the part that i have a hard time with 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 them is don't don't go on the record but like leak it out so that our side is out there but we are not attaching our name to it that's the only part that i'm like Ah, it doesn't well, seem that's fair. Where I, that's where I start to feel guilty because I do know that some of the people that communicate with me don't have their permission. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do know that some of them, you know, are like just listening to conversations that have happened around them. I know that some people, I mean, I know that all people don't have their permission to talk to me. Um, so that's where I feel guilty if I repeat something that somebody sends me because I know that Prince William didn't approve that comment or I know that Prince William didn't approve that messaging. And so that's where I'm the bad guy, Dax. I just, I, I, mean, I guess I have to, I guess I have to admit it. I, I, I don't, I've never heard anything that's been approved by the palace that I've been given permission to repeat. Yeah. I don't know. I, my other thing is there's times that is it, do they want it out? They're just not signing off on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, there is a story right now. Uh, I believe it was in the Times over the weekend where friends that were both friends of Prince Harry and Prince William are so mad that William can't defend himself that they're talking about maybe doing their own interviews. So, yeah, that exists. Interesting. Is um, is. Uh, man, there's there's just like, so how many, do I word this? Yeah, I don't want to sound <laughs> too pissed. Makes me nervous it, with Adam. No, I know. I thought it was really interesting during the interview. I don't know which interview he said it, but he mentioned that he he mentioned Megan was like a huge actress. He goes, "Oh, Megan, you know she's a huge actress." Who and said I, this? Harry did. I think Harry said it. Like, and I don't consider Megan a huge actress. Is she a working actress? Yes, but I wouldn't consider her a huge actress. Like. She was an actress, so then Harry comes along and makes her into a star. Right. But, I mean, no, seriously, Adam, had you ever approached Meghan before she was Prince Harry's girlfriend? Had you ever seen her on the street? And you are the the guy. Had you ever seen her on the street and got a soundbite from her? Saw her on the street, didn't even lift up my camera. See? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So she became a star once she became with Harry. And I thought it was interesting to one of the interviews that Harry mentions, oh, she's a star. And then I thought it was interesting that he mentioned, I think, his brother or someone along the lines. And I, I could be wrong because I'm confused because there's so many stories come on. Every single time I go on the internet, there's a new story about Harry that their family – Yeah, yeah, and his penis. <laughs> and that <laughs> the family was a fan of suits, which for yeah. some reason I find that hard Adam. to believe. I, I was deceased when I read this. I have a very hard... Okay, first of all... Who watches they, the USA Network? 
and they have they contradict themselves constantly. Um, Harry says that both William and Catherine were fans of Suits. Before he started dating Meghan Markle, they were excited that he was dating Meghan Markle. But then Meghan Markle tells us that when she met William and Catherine for the first time, she was wearing ripped jeans and barefoot, and they were uncomfortable at the idea of hugging her. And they were very formal behind the scenes and weren't very kind. Now, if I'm a fan of yours, I'm going to lose my mind when I meet you, or I'm going to at least like try to play. I'm going to be excited to meet you. And so, um, what you said about about the Megan was a big actress is he's saying that maybe Catherine was jealous of her because she was a big actress. And I would argue that I just think they have different upbringings. I don't think that they have a lot in common. Um, Catherine grew up in a home with parents that were married, two siblings that she would, you know, crawl in bed with and cuddle with that she still calls whenever she has problems. Uh, her family is self-made. Her parents are entrepreneurs. They have a party party. Uh, party props company. Um, and Megan grew up in a household that was divided. Her parents split. She would tell you that she grew up as a single child, even though she has step siblings. I just think that their backgrounds are different. And I think that they, their goals are different. I don't think that it has anything to do with jealousy. I just think it's like, what do we have in common? Not much. I think more than that, there's just a lot of uh, differences between being raised in the U S and being raised in the Absolutely, UK. Yes. It is, it is different. It's also different knowing how to be around royals and, you know, just listening to Megan talk about like, what do you do? This is your grandma, but like you bow to your grandma. Like I, I can understand that is a weird situation to be in because okay, we Dex, don't my grandma lives it. in Arkansas and I still bow to her. Okay, <laughs> that is a lie and you know it. <laughs> I and do, I am leaking I it out to the press. I have to challenge you on something really quick. Dex. What's up? So what's up, what's up? what is the difference? Because mm -hmm. Harry and Meghan are incredibly critical of Thomas Markle for speaking to the press. And they say this in the Netflix special, like how horrible that Thomas Markle will cut a check to talk about his family. What is mm -hmm. the difference between Thomas Markle going on television, talking about wanting to reconcile with Meghan and oversharing about their, their past? What's the difference between that and, and Harry doing exactly what he's doing right now? When it comes to Thomas Markle, I feel that he changed his story for money. I think that's the difference. Okay. I feel that he was willing to do whatever he needed to say or do to make a buck, whether it was reality or not. Ooh. With Megan and Harry, I feel like they're putting out their truth. With Thomas Markle, I feel like that was not his truth. I also feel the same thing with Megan's sister or half-sister or whatever the hell she is. Yeah. I, I don't think there was a... And there may have been relationship. Maybe Megan's downplaying the relationship there. I don't know because I wasn't around. But I would say it seems like they are taking advantage of the situation. And anytime someone calls up and says, I'll give you $100 to say this, they say it. And, you know, for Thomas Markle to then go after the paparazzi agency and say, oh, well, I looked hammy. I looked cheesy. I mean, you're literally working with them. You're sitting in front of a, a, a screen looking at pictures of you know, Megan or of London and all this stuff, like you set yourself up, you didn't like the outcome and you look like a laughing stock of the world. Like that's what you get. Yeah. So that I, I would say that is the difference between them saying stuff and Thomas. I just don't feel like it's genuine. I feel like he's, he was manipulated into saying whatever he wanted for, for some money. And, and we saw that with um, Simon Rex when we right. had him on. Absolutely. He, 
the British press was pushing him to say a false narrative for money. And he said, no, I will not say I had sex with her just because you guys want to pay me $70,000. So Thomas, I th- unfortunately, I think fell into that. And then it just hurts more when it's your own flesh and blood and your dad who should have protected you. Right. I don't know. That's all. Right. No, you make great points. I love you. I like your style, Dax. <laughs> Um, What's the latest with Prince Andrew? What's his deal right now? Well, he's dodging grenades from Prince Harry, which is really surprising because Prince Harry's his godson and Prince Harry's very close to his daughters. You know, we've seen Eugenie actually came out for the Super Bowl and there were great pictures of them at the Super Bowl together. Eugenie and Beatrice, I think, are both featured in the documentary, not necessarily speaking, but there are great shots of them throughout it and video of them throughout it, you know, with the couple. Um, So, he's laying low. Um, We don't anticipate him to have any role whatsoever in the coronation, although he might be there. Um, And right now, Prince Harry is, is pointing out a lot the, what he feels like are hypocrisies of the family to continue to to protect her, uh, to continue to protect Andrew um, when Andrew was accused of doing something far more offensive or far more damaging to the family than than Harry was. But it is surprising to see Harry go after him because they've been they've been close. I mean, when he talks about meeting the Queen for the first time. He's with Andrew. Andrew walks them in. It's Fergie that actually teaches Megan how to curtsy. Um, so it's surprising to hear him be critical of Andrew. I feel like he's just going after everyone, All <laughs> unfortunately. The All the things. Yeah, I, I think he is just like, I'm going to air out everything. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know necessarily the outcome. I don't know what Prince Harry wants out of all this. I don't know if he just wants... To, to clear the air or to, you know, like you said, get everything off the table so that there's nothing left to come after him with. I, I don't know what the ultimate goal is here. Do we do we think that there at some point there will be some kind of resolution that him and his dad and his brother will make up? Or do you think we are past that and it is all going downhill from here? Well, my astrology friends say that recollect, uh, re- reconciliation is potentially a possibility. I'm like, that's vague. Um, yeah. But I think that William loves him desperately. And William spent so much of his life fiercely protecting Harry. I do think that the family feels like Meghan is the disruptor. And um, maybe that's fair. Maybe that's not fair. But I, I think William desperately loves his little brother and and misses him. So will there be a reconciliation? I hope so. And I I think that there will be, but there is so much hurt right now and, and time heals all wounds. So maybe the ultimate, the, the ultimate goal here is, is time and, and for things to settle down. I would say if the Royal family quote me on this, Uh if the Royal family wants some good PR, forgiveness would be the most massive PR move ever because if they were to say, Hey, we've all had shit happen. We all have skeletons in our closet. We all have messed up and we all are sorry. And they reconcile and embrace each other. I think that would be the most positive press move because everyone likes a redemption story. Everyone doesn't matter who you are. Everyone likes redemption and if and everyone likes forgiveness. And if you were if they were able to all forgive each other as a whole, I think 
the world would love that story and it would put everyone back in good graces. Everyone. Yeah. yeah no, you know, I- Kinsey, I had a quick question for you, and I don't know if this is too inside baseball, but I was just seeing maybe if you knew the answer. But do you know who Harry or Megan's publicist is who's actually like doing the deals and setting up their appointments for them? Do they have a company, PR company, agency person who's doing it for them? Well, for the last seven at least years, at least Megan has worked with Sunshine Sachs. She's still with uh, Sunshine Sachs. They were on retainer. And now I think it's a case by case basis. And I only say case by case because we heard they separated around the time that the queen died. But uh, Sunshine Sachs did help them with that Robert F. Kennedy Award that they received for fighting racism. Um, they also represent the Robert F. Kennedy Foundation. So I do think that they still have a relationship and it's a case by case thing. Um, but I do think that they would say that their PR is in-house. So does Harry have the same publicist? Because I know that you're saying – so the girl that was working with Megan is one of the partners at Sunshine Sachs. Now, if you're listening, Sunshine Sachs is a huge, huge PR firm. The girl that represents Megan is a partner of the company. She also represents, based on what I'm looking at, also represents Natalie, Sam, uh, Natalie Portman, Salma Hayek, and Jane Fonda. Does Harry have a publicist or does he just go through Megan's team? From what I understand, he just goes through Megan's team. But I also think Sunshine Sachs represents Tyler Perry, which would explain his very large presence in the Netflix documentary. Mm. That makes Well, there I unless unless they've all just kind of known each other, you know, I I did feel like he was a big part of their, I I don't want to say escape from the UK, but at the same time, their, their transition over here to the U S he was a big part of it. So, but I was surprised to see him on there, on there. Tom Bauer. I I know it's kind of like Tyler Perry, like you're Medea. This is like, are you, isn't this, he is is one of the most, the biggest producers in, in movie and, and TV. I mean, he's huge. I love him to, death. Um, But Tom Bauer wrote a book called Revenge, and he talked about how when Harry and Meghan's press started to to go south, that they recruited Sunshine Sachs to reach out to some of their clients to, um, to, to support them publicly to try to change the narrative. And so that's the only reason why I mentioned that, because if that truly was the case, then maybe that's how some of, we know Tyler's close to Oprah and Gail, but perhaps that's how some of those relationships were forged from the beginning. Sunshine Sachs saying, Hey, we feel like these guys are unfairly getting picked on. Could you just speak up? So you actually might be right on that. And again, while you're speaking this, I'm just doing research on my own end, just because I'm curious of the teams and what goes on in that. So what I found out is also the girl that represents uh, that represents Megan also does a little bit of work for Tyler Perry, which is a sunshine sex. So you could be right that Tyler Perry said, listen, came over, helped as a friend and said, let my publicist and my team help you guys out. So yes, they're both represented by the same PR firm. And I guess share that the partner in Sunshine Sacks represents a little bit of Tyler, but is solely working with Megan as well. So you could be right. You know, you're probably right on that. I have no idea where we go from here either. Um, obviously, America loves Harry. They're, they want to embrace him. But is he going to be able to 
to really be a leader in the States. And I think that that it was kind of a crucial element. I think he still wanted to be able to hang out with Barack and some of these people. And when you release things like that, you guys know he's become a skit on Jimmy Kimmel. He's become a skit on Jimmy Fallon. Um, when you, when, when you become a punchline, how hard is it to crawl back up and, and be this respected individual that, that runs Invictus games and, and, um, runs mental health uh, companies or counseling companies like better up where he's the uh, CFO or is it no it's chief impact officer he's the chief impact officer of better up are those opportunities going to dry up for for oversharing or this TMI I, I don't know I just I think that just means you're famous it means right. everyone is talking about you when you become skits because you are so famous and so relevant that you are more people need to talk about you is really what I think it comes down to. Uh, Kizzy, tell us about your podcast, because I know people that are obsessed with Royals will want to check out your podcast. So tell us more about To Die For Daily. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. It's to, You can find me at To Die For Daily, todiefordaily.com. I talk to really handsome people like Dax and Adam about <laughs> what their thoughts are on the British royal family. I have got some insider info from people that knew Princess Diana, like Andrew Morton. Um, we broke the story a probably a year ago, almost a year ago now with Tom Quinn about how Harry and Meghan wanted the half in half out lifestyle in the Royal family. So, um, yeah, I, I, I hope you take a listen. Yeah. And we were on there and it was funny. It was like one quote that we said, like made the press everywhere. over in the UK and it was everywhere. I was like, what? I didn't realize that we say one thing and it would like win wild. I think it was said, like, I don't care what the UK has to say. Like, Megan and Harry, Megan and Harry royal. Yeah. We're, they're royal to us yes. here in the U.S. That shit went wild over there. I did not realize <laughs> that you had such a crazy loyal audience in the U.K. that was going to quote every little thing, but that was really cool. Or maybe you didn't realize how much power you had, Dax. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. And yes, uh, go check out if you are into the Royals, check out her podcast to die for daily. I think you will like it. I think uh, you'll see a different perspective. Um, but no, thank you, Kinsey. Thanks for jumping on because we, we knew with, you know, his book coming out this week uh, that, you know, he's just been all over the news. The Royal family has been all over. So we thought you'd be a really fun person to chat about all this. And you definitely did not disappoint. Yeah, it's all the penis talk. I don't think that if I wouldn't have mentioned the word penis six or seven times that you'd be so happy with me. You know, we 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 that's what gets us excited over here. Royal peepee. <laughs> well, you guys know I love you both so much. And Adam, if you ever are just looking for a trophy wife, I think that I could be a great option for you. Uh, listen, if you could get me into the royal uh, wedding or some sort of royal events, maybe like get into the castle, I'll consider. So we can, okay, cool. you know, we could do that. Uh, Kinsey, thank you so much. Honestly, it's good to learn from like your perspective and just like I am. Dax is obsessed with the Royals. I'm still in like in tr I'm in rookie mode. So I'm still trying to like paint a picture and trying to learn about it. So thank you for kind of uh, painting that picture for me, humanizing, make me understand it more. So I really appreciate it. Make sure you guys check out her podcast again. It's to a dive D.I. Not D.I. Yes. Yeah. So D.I. Uh Kinsey, thank you so much. All right. Well, that was fun. You Listen, I love the Royals. So to me, that was a very entertaining episode. Adam, how, how did you do? Did we keep you alive, awake? <laughs> I, I never know. When it comes to Royals, I, I feel like I could see your eyes rolling back. But no, I, no I, I'm, into, for you? I'm into it. It's just that I never really paid attention to the Royals. And I think I can't be the only one who's felt like that because we're not 
you know, I'm in America. So I don't understand. I'm still trying to understand the magnitude of the Royals because it's just such a wild way to think of a family that's not really a family because they're a monarchy. It, it's just it's a it's an institution, you know, and basically Harry was grew up in a house or a castle with no love and no nurture. It was just straight into like a corporation, you know, like well, he had the love. He had the nurture. Unfortunately, his mother passed away, but yeah. she was that that love nurturing force for him for a very long time. Well, not long enough. Let's say that. Sure. Um, and I, I think that's why when she passed away, it destroyed him. Yeah. You know? So, no. And again, unless you're living under a rock, every time you go to Yahoo, Google, wherever you get your news, there's a new Prince Harry royal story in the last three weeks. It's just wild how it keeps floating in the news. And the only reason why that's happening is because people are clicking on these stories. So, Obviously, there's a lot of people around the world that are very interested in this story. But Kinsey did a good job of kind of making me kind of paint the picture on my own head just so I can understand the magnitude of and, and how I liked, crazy it is. I like some of the details that she had that I didn't even know about, you know, like even the Camilla story, her great grandma, like that stuff that just over years you you learn details and. I didn't know that. That was kind of fun to learn. So anyway, thank you, Kinsey, for coming on the podcast. Um, by the way, guys, please take a second. Go leave a review. We're starting to dwindle low on reviews. so I don't have a lot to read anymore. So I need some new reviews for us. Uh, head over to Apple. Uh, find our show. Scroll down to the bottom. Five stars only. Leave us some comment and make sure you add your name to it so I can read your name out loud when I give you a little shout out here on the air. And make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We got our private Facebook group called Off the Record where there are so many questions coming in there, Adam. I am like... I, I'm having a hard time keeping up because people are having so much fun and I want to be a part of the funness that I'm like trying to jump in. Uh, but I love you guys. Uh, I'm, I love our Facebook group. It is one thing that I feel like has kept us going even through the holidays when we were going to like kind of just do some pre-recorded shows. And then I was reading the Facebook group. I was like, we got to give them a live weekly show every week. And so thank you guys. We do really listen to you and we really appreciate all of you and all your input you give us on off the record. So anyway, you can follow Adam at Adam Glenn. You can follow me at Dax Holt. And that's all I got. Adam, you got anything else? That's it. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> a Huda Media Production.